Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Well, good morning, church. We are so excited that you are with us today as we're kicking off a brand new series called God Never Said That. You might be thinking to yourself, God never said what? Like, what are we talking about? The reality is whenever we go through a season of crisis or struggle or just, man, life is throwing everything it can at us, we start to hear some phrases about God or quote unquote from God or maybe that God implied some things that when we just dig into it, honestly, it's just not true. It's, it's not actually something that God said. And, and maybe some of it is based in a little bit of truth. But when you actually dig in and, and read his word, he didn't say some of these things that we as Christians a lot of times attribute to him. And it's one of those things that's important for us to understand because you see a half truth believed as a full truth leads to distrust. Right. A half truth where you think it's the full truth and you you kind of put some weight behind it. When you find out that it, it isn't actually true, you start to question the source. Right. And that's what happens to us in our lives. We hear some of these phrases and we think it's the full truth and we kind of lean into those. And when life shows us that it, it isn't necessarily the truth, then we start to go, well, God, I've. I thought you, you said this, and, and I thought you were going to show up, and we, we start to build frustration towards God. And you know what, like, what this is like. We, we, we all have had those moments in our life where there's, there's just this overwhelming sense of just weight, right? We've, we're going through, maybe your marriage is struggling, and, and you're just trying to figure out how to make ends meet financially, and, and then someone in your family dies, and then you get in trouble at work for something you didn't do, and it's just like weight after weight after weight after situation after situation, and you're like, I can't take one more thing, and then your car breaks down, right? Like you're just overwhelmed by life, and, and you start to, to have these moments in life where you're like, I, I can't handle anymore. I am past my capacity. I am beyond what I am capable of handling. And I remember a time in, in our life where this happened. Brooklyn was very young. We hadn't had Audrey yet. And man, we had just been going through some really challenging things. I think we were on the heels of, of when we lost um, a child. Uh, we Lauren had a miscarriage early on into one of her pregnancies after Brooklyn. And we were navigating some of those things and realizing that she was still dealing with some postpartum depression from Brooklyn. And we were gearing up for having Audrey and getting ready for a second child as well. And she was going through so many health struggles and, and bringing her to the hospital and, and them just not being able to do anything. And it just was frustrating, just overwhelming. And then I remember we were going to a friend's house for a birthday party and we were driving back home and the one like reliable vehicle that we had, it actually just died on the spot with Brooklyn in the car. It was just three of us. And we're coming down this massive hill into a huge left-hand turn. And at the end of the hill was like this body of water. And the, the truck we were driving just died, completely died on us. 
all the power steering, all the power braking, everything was gone. And I remember praying with everything I had as I was pulling with my full body weight, trying to turn the truck. And we, we skim past this lake or, or pond, and then we turn off into the side road because it was a blind turn that someone would have just smashed into the back of us. And I just remember sitting there going, God, I almost lost my family on top of everything that's going on. What is happening here? I cannot take anymore. And then on the heels of that, I was gearing up for a missions trip to Africa and everything was going crazy with it and, and it, things were falling to pieces and I was having to get vaccination to be able to go and just feeling gross from that. And, and I remember getting on the plane after kind of thinking I was past everything and for the first time in my life experiencing what a panic attack felt like as I thought about, what if I die here and I haven't done enough to take care of my family? And this over whelming weight just took over me. And I felt like, God, I cannot handle anymore. And in those moments, almost always, there's some lovely Christian that will come into your life that has a great heart and is totally well-intentioned. And they'll say, well, don't worry. God will never put more on you than you can handle. And so what happens is we, we kind of believe that. We, we start to think, okay, well, all right. If, if God won't put, won't put more on me than I can handle, then I guess I can handle this. I can get through this. And, and so we do a couple of things. For some of us, we work harder, right? We, we kind of feel like, okay, well, maybe this isn't the end of my tank. Maybe I still have a little bit more. It's like that coach that like pushes you. You've got one more rep in you. You've got one more lap. You can do it. And we just like dig in and we try harder and we work harder and we grind harder. And we're like, okay, we can make it. We're, we'll just push through this and work harder because, because if God won't put more on me than I can handle, then obviously I, I can handle more. For some of us, if you're anything like me, what we do is, is maybe you minimize it. I, I totally realized this about myself going through this season, that I'll just minimize it. Like, if I, if I can handle more, then I'm just, I'm just being a sissy. I just need to suck this up and just do better and work harder and grind harder and just keep my head down. Don't complain. This must not be that big of a deal because if God won't give me more than I can handle, then I just need to suck it up and, and just bottle this up and just push through it. But for some of you, you, you get frustrated with God because you believe that he won't give you more than you can handle. And you realize without a shadow of a doubt, this is more than I can handle. So you get frustrated with God and Essentially, you put God in relational timeout. Hey, God, you, you've got me so frustrated. I need a break from you because obviously you're not going to hold up your end of the bargain. So I'm just going to do this on my own. I need some space. Maybe you have some kind of combination of those three. But the reality is that God never said that. God never said he won't give you more then you can handle. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And, and some of you just needed to hear that. Wait a minute. So, so God will allow me to have more than I can handle? Whew, I'm not crazy then. 
So where did this phrase come from? Where obviously there has to be something in the Bible that people hold on to. And we're going to look at it. It's actually found in one of the first letters that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. And he's talking about something really important. So let's read the verse together and you can kind of see where this comes from. But I'll unpack why this isn't exactly what we think. First Corinthians ten thirteen, And it says this, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He, here, here's the key verse. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. And at first blush, when you read that, you're like, well, that kind of says that God won't give you more than you can handle. But if you look at the context, the totality of what he's actually talking about here, in verses 1 through 13, Paul is talking about the Israelite people in the Old Testament, the, the people that God rescued out of Egypt. He's talking about them because they struggled over and over with idolatry. And idolatry in that time was like they were legitimately worshiping other gods. They wanted to be like everybody else. So they were worshiping these gods maybe that, that you would hear about in mythology and Aphrodite and Baal and, and just all these fake gods that people would sacrifice to. They would surrender just huge portions of their life. They would, there were some brutal gods and the things that they quote unquote required. And so the Israelites kept falling into this. And, and Paul is saying, don't be like them because they fell into temptation that was just common. And some of the ones that he listed was, was sexual temptations. Those, those are common to all people, that we all have those temptations in our life. He said so another common temptation was idolatry. And you might think in 2020, well, we don't have idols. I'm not worshiping little gold statues. Idolatry simply means putting something or someone else in the place that God ultimately is supposed to be. And we know for sure that we do that. There's so many times in our life that we put other things on the throne of our hearts. That's not God. He says that's a common temptation for all. And then he, he talked about another one that was pretty strange, but they actually had some jokers that would, were taking venomous snakes and having them bite them on the arm and on the leg. And then they would go, God, rescue me. Don't let me die and be poisoned. And then they would die. And people are like, well, I thought God was going to rescue them. It's like, no, don't be a dummy. What are you people doing? But Paul was saying, there are temptations in life that we will all face. It's common to all men. But God will provide an escape for you. In other words, God will not allow you to be tempted in such a way that you can't even say no. That there's no way of escape. There's no possible way that you could do the right thing because this temptation is so much more than you could even possibly say no to. That's what this verse is actually talking about. And the reason why we know this, the reason why we know Paul says you can have more on you than you can handle is because he actually talks about it. In his second letter to this same church, he talks about a moment in time. L listen to, to what he says in 2 Corinthians verse 1 and 8. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed, listen to this, beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. 
That's, that's pretty heavy. Verse 9, in fact, we expected to die. But as a result, and this is so good for us, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and we learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. Just, I'm just throwing that in there. He raises the dead. That's how powerful our God is. Verse 10, and he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. The truth is God will allow you to have more than you can handle. Paul says it right here. He says, we were overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. That sounds like more than you can handle. We were, we were so overwhelmed that we thought we would die. We were certain that we were going to die. That sounds pretty strong in the fact that, that Paul recognizes that God will put more on you than you can handle. The truth is, and, and the question that we have to ask ourselves is why? Why would God do that? Why would God allow us to face more than we can handle? And there's a couple reasons that I want to unpack for you. And the first one is this. Paul made it really clear in that, that passage of scripture. The reason why God allows us to have more than we can handle is so we stop relying on ourselves. So we stop relying on ourselves. Listen, he says, but as a result, a result of all of this overwhelming weight, we stop relying on ourselves. Psalm 73, 26 says this, my health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. There's this familiar passage of scripture in the Old Testament in Isaiah 40 that, that is just so important for us today. Verse 29, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. That feels like more than we can handle, right? But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. God is making it abundantly clear in this scripture that there are going to be points in our life where the struggle, the weight, the seasons, the decisions, everything that we're handling is going to be more than we can handle on our own. Why? Because God wants us to understand our limitations. God wants us to understand, hey, you cannot just rely on yourself. Your smarts, your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your hard work, your willpower, your strength, all of those things eventually will fade. Even young men will grow weary and faint under exhaustion. There will be moments that we feel like we are overwhelmed and ready to give up. And God wants us to recognize in those moments that we have limitations without him. Those of you who are parents, you understand this. We have a, a six-year-old daughter. She's, she's our oldest daughter. 
And man, it it doesn't matter what you tell her. She has got such a willpower that you could say, baby, listen, don't do that because you're gonna get hurt. Don't, don't do that because it's not gonna work. And she will give you a million reasons why it will. And eventually at some point as a parent, normally I will do this and Lauren, Lauren is trying to like protect her for all of eternity. But as a dad, I'm like, well, fine. If you don't wanna listen, you gotta feel. So go ahead, give it a shot. And inevitably she tries it and it doesn't work and she comes back and she's crying and it's like, baby, I told you. God is that parent in our life that he's like, haven't I made it clear to you, you can't do this without me? No, 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 God, watch, watch me show you how I can do it. Watch me show you how I can plan my life. Let me show you how I can do this on my own. And God's like, all right, go ahead, go ahead. And eventually we come back hanging our heads. I couldn't do it, God. Can you help me? Please rescue me. We come to God as a last resort. And God is so gracious and he's so faithful to us. We have to realize that God allows more on us than we can handle so that we stop relying on ourselves. The second reason is so that we learn to rely on him. We learn to rely on him. I love, I love how Paul said this. He said, as a result, we stop relying on ourselves, but instead we learn to rely only on God. We have placed our confidence in him. You see, Paul understood this all too well because throughout his letters, he, he talked about this struggle that he had. He described it as a thorn in his side, something that he felt was holding him back from his full potential. It, it created a weakness in him. It was uncomfortable. It was frustrating. And biblical scholars, they're not even really sure. There, there's so many theories of what it could be. It could have been a physical ailment. It could have been uh, something with his eyesight. It could have been a person. It could have been this certain body of believers that just kept coming against him. Whatever it was, he felt like the enemy was using it to hold him back from his purpose. And he was exhausted by it. And he went to God and he's like, God, please take this away from me. Listen to, to how he describes it in 2 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 8. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to relieve me of this, but he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you, and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weaknesses, for when I am weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. Verse 10, so I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. I love this verse. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. My weakness becomes a portal to God's power. Paul is begging God, God, take this away from me. And God says, I'm not taking that from you. Don't you understand that when you are at your weakest, that's when I am the strongest? Don't you understand that when you feel overwhelmed and you feel crushed, when you feel persecuted, when you feel like you can't take another step in those moments, when you lean on me, when you rely on me, don't you understand that's when my power is strongest? Don't you understand that your weakness is a portal to my power? 
Guys, that is so good for us because we don't like the idea of weakness. We don't like the idea of of not having the ability to handle it on our own. But God is saying to us, listen, in your weakness, I am strong. If you would rely on me, you would see incredible, powerful things happen in your life. The truth is in our humility and in our honesty, the Lord works miraculously. In our humility and in our honesty, God works miraculously. So what do we do with that? If in our, in our humility and in our honesty, God works miraculously, if he's just waiting for us to humble ourselves and be honest enough to say, God, I can't do this without you. If that's what he's waiting on to do the miracles in our life, then how do we do that? How do we do that? There's two things that I feel like we do as we wrap up today. The first one is that we have to honestly ask ourselves who we're relying on. Who are we actually relying on? Think about it. When you're faced with something that feels overwhelming, when you're at the end of your strength, at the end of your rope, at the end of everything that you have, is prayer your first step or your last resort? Do you try to do everything you can on your own until you have nothing left to give? And then you're like, oh, well, God, I've tried everything I can do. How how about you give it a shot now? That proves to us that we're relying on our own strength, relying on ourselves instead of God. Think about it. Think about it this way. Do your friends, do your family Does the news source that you watch on a consistent basis have more influence on your life than God does? Well, I don't want to talk about that. I'm just saying in our lives, if we're not honest with ourselves, if if we're not transparent enough and humble enough to go, God, there's a whole lot of people in my life and whole lot of sources in my life that are influencing the way I'm living right now. And unfortunately, you're not one of them. We can't hope to get through the things that God has allowed to come into our life. Now, hear me. God didn't cause it. God isn't sitting up there going, well, you're not trusting me. So here's your car blowing up. Here's a bad report from the doctor. No, that's not how God works. God is loving. But the reality is life happens. There are moments that are overwhelming in our life. And if we're not careful, we just let God be a part of it instead of at the center of our lives. The second thing is this, and this is so huge. This is something that that I am wrestling with in this season. The second thing that we do is that we find purpose in our pain. We find purpose in our pain. The truth is this, guys. God will never waste a pain. He will never waste a struggle. He will never waste a season of your life. And some of you right now, you're going through this season and you feel like your entire life is on pause. Your dreams, your plans, your future, you feel like it's on pause and you feel like you're just wasting away, wasting time, wasting energy, wasting the momentum that you thought you were stepping into. But we have to remind ourselves that God doesn't waste the pain, that there's purpose in our pain. Listen. I don't like this season at all. 
we were seeing incredible momentum in March, the, the first couple weeks of March, we had our first baby dedication. We were seeing so many people coming and connecting with the church and then the world blew up. And it would, it, it's easy for me to go, we're just wasting time. We have just lost all the momentum that we had built up to. We've, we've missed out on what God wanted to do because of this stupid virus. I could easily do that. And I promise you, there's a lot of days that I feel that way. But instead, what I have to do in this season is say, God, there is purpose in my pain. I have to believe that even though I don't want to be in the season, even though I don't like it, even though it's exhausted me, even though it's one of the most frustrating times of my life and I feel overwhelmed and I'm tired of making decisions and I'm tired of trying to figure out whether we should open the church or whether we shouldn't, whether we should sing or whether we shouldn't. Do I have enough faith or do I, am I living by fear? I am overwhelmed by all of this. God, will you please just take me out of this? And God is saying, I can't take you out of it until you find purpose in it. I don't like that, God. But God understands that in every season, in every pain, in every struggle, in every moment that we find ourselves on our knees, overwhelmed by life, in those seasons, God has something incredibly purposeful and powerful waiting for us in our life. So our prayer could be and should be, God, I don't want to be in this season. I don't like it. I don't want it. But God, while I'm in it, open my eyes to find the purpose. God, while I'm in this season, would you please help me to see what it is that you want me to do? Because obviously, we're not just pausing life. Obviously, God, there's something you want to do in this season that could only happen in this season. The reality is that God has given us all influence and we can choose to use it when we're weak or we can choose to use it when we're strong or we can choose to use it in both. And we all love to use our influence and use our gifts and use our purpose when we feel strong. But when we're weak, we feel like we should go cower in the corner. And God's saying, don't you know that in your weakness, I am made strong? Don't you know that when you feel broken and alone and frustrated and useless and overlooked and feel like you're just wasting away, don't you know in that season, I am the strongest? And while we don't feel strong, God is waiting to use someone who will say, God, in my weakness, use me. So the truth is, God will allow you to handle more than you feel capable of. There will be moments and seasons of life that are more overwhelming than you can handle on your own. And the reason is because he wants you to rely on him and find purpose in your pain. As you do that, you will see the miraculous happen in your life. Come on, church, let's pray together. Father God, I don't like these seasons. I don't like these moments where I feel overwhelmed by the weight of all that's happening around me. 
God, it's so easy to allow the voice of the enemy to tell me that we're wasting time, that we're wasting our purpose. It's so easy for me to allow the enemy to say that you're missing out on what you should be doing. But God, there's not a single season in my life that has been by accident. There's not a single season of my life that you haven't done something and taught me something and used me in a way that I never thought was possible. So God, I pray over all of us. I pray over every person that's hearing this, that in your name, that you would you would shut the mouth of the enemy who's telling them that they are overwhelmed and that you were absent in their pain. God, remind them that in their weakness, you are made strong. That when they feel overwhelmed and incapable, it is then that you show up the mightiest and do the most miraculous. Throughout scripture, we saw how you use broken and overwhelmed individuals to do things that have gone on for thousands of years in history. God, use us in this season of weakness and help us find purpose in our pain. We trust you, God. We, we rely on you. And we thank you that even though we don't love these seasons, we love that you are with us and that you will use us in it. We thank you so much, God. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.